winning is is fantastic and it's really fun to to win an event um but really when you say what are my favorite wins i don't actually really remember the the wins as much as i remember the rides welcome to the practical horseman podcast featuring conversations with respected riders industry leaders and horse care experts the show is co-hosted by practical horseman editors and our goal is to inform educate and inspire I'm Julia Murphy, and this week's episode is with international five-star eventer, Will Faudre. At the 2022 Carolina International in March, I caught up with Will and spoke to him at his stalls. So you hear the goings-on of the event in the background, but who doesn't love that sound? During our conversation, Will told the story of his upbringing on a cattle ranch in Texas and how he actually started out riding Western. Later down the line, Will was inspired watching the 1988 Olympics and then watched a movie about eventing called Sylvester and never looked back. He speaks about his late mount, Antigua, who he calls his horse of a lifetime, as well as some of his biggest mentors. You'll also hear Will share tidbits from his lessons with students and how he uses visualization to teach, a tool many riders, including myself, find very helpful. One of my favorite parts of our conversation, which you heard part of in the intro, is when Will talked about how he doesn't necessarily remember wins, he remembers rides. I think this is something we can all relate to, because sometimes it doesn't matter if you ribbon, but you come off the course or out of the ring knowing that you and your horse had one hell of a ride and that all of your hard work came to fruition. And finally, Will goes into the importance of defining your values and sticking to them, because it's easy to get pulled in another direction. Before we dive into the podcast with Will, I'd like to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, Bymeda, and share their message. Bymeda might be the biggest animal health company you've never heard of until now. Bymeda's products have been trusted by veterinarians and owners since the 1960s when their Irish roots began. Bymeda is one of the largest producers of dewormers like Equimax, Bimectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes also rely on polyglycan, a patented formula that replaces lost or damaged synovial fluid, and Confidence Ec Pheromone Gel, which reduces and prevents equine stress. Consult your vet today and visit bymedaus.com to see where to buy. Now, enjoy the episode with Will. So first of all, just thank you for taking the time to do this as we kick off the 2022 Carolina International. Yep. Um, it looks a little different than last year because we had COVID last year and everyone was still wearing masks. Yeah. and. Um, I know the show office was still under construction, so it's, I feel like the vibe here is a little yeah, different than it was last year. It is, and it's nice that we actually were the same when we took the horses for our hand graze. It's so nice not to have to wear masks yeah. walking around. Yeah, I remember it, even like out on cross country and everything and talking yeah. to you guys after, which we met for the first time actually last year at Carolina. You, yeah. I'm sure you don't remember that. Yeah. But, um, and you had, a, you had a good run last year with fun, right? I did, yeah. yep, yep. And he's back here again this year. Uh-huh. So. And I remember, like, right after last year, he had a little bit of an injury, right? Yep. And he's all recovered. He's yep. feeling good. Yeah, yeah, no, he's feeling good. It was uh, just a minor little tweak. And luckily, you know, my my veterinarians are so on top of everything. We caught it before it was a serious issue. So, um, yeah, you know, he came back and was able to get to Maryland five-star last autumn mm-hmm. and um, came out of that looking great. So yeah. we're headed... Hopefully the aim is now to Kentucky in, uh-huh. in April. What, did, what uh, do you think it'll do the five-star with him in, yeah. at Kentucky? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And what do you think of Maryland? I was at Maryland, too, the inaugural year. It was so fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. They did a 
a fantastic job yeah. and it was it was really cool to see how that place is evolving yeah what do you think of the cross country that was with all the hills out there it the, was tough the <laughs> terrain was so intense um and that like fun you know he's not the fastest horse in the world and i think what made the terrain so difficult there was it was very the hills were very steep but they were very short mm-hmm. So you'd run up one, and then you'd run down one, mm-hmm. but it wasn't down long enough to like get them going again before they had to climb back up. So yeah, and I feel like that backfield was like miles and miles away. Like I know because yeah. we were lucky enough that we did have the crowds at the Maryland Five yeah. Star, and the crowds hiking up the hill all yeah. the way to the backfield by the water. It was crazy, it was nuts. but it was beautifully done. The course yeah. is great, and yeah. Ian Stark did the course there yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he and does he, it here. he has this one. Have so you been out there? I did. I rode my bike around it yesterday, and it. it changes it's changed from last year um but it's you know a lot to do and i'm looking forward to saturday for sure yeah ian always has good questions out there (laughs) he never makes it easy for you guys no no. (laughs) um so to start with some more questions i always like to start with how you first even got into horses and horseback riding um i mean i i was born on a cattle ranch in texas so um you know i grew up riding western and um and yeah and you know doing ranch rodeo stuff and team roping and um i was always a bit or i am a bit the black sheep of the family so i always wanted to do things a little bit different um and i had seen the 1988 olympics jumping on tv and i thought that was fascinating and you know i was um eight years old and um so my parents signed me up for jumping lessons and never looked back. Wow, really. so, wow. Do you remember, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, who was on that team that inspired you? Who did you watch? Oh, I, I don't even remember. I yeah. think it was, well, I do remember the American Greg Best who won the individual silver that year. I didn't watch the eventing. I just watched the show jumping. I found out about eventing from a movie called Sylvester. Uh, it's an old, it's a Western that she ends up going to Kentucky. It's a... Um, they use, um, it, it, I mean, Brian O'Connor's in the film. It's a it's a fascinating western. Um, so I saw that in like '94, and I remember my a friend of my, a, someone told us about Aventine and that there was a Karen O'Connor clinic in um, in uh, San Antonio, Texas. So we went and watched that and then I was hooked on that. They can make a movie about you, too, from well, Western to, to Kentucky. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, no, so that, that's how it all got started. And then, like you said, you started Western, then did some jumping, and then moved on to eventing. And what has kept you in the sport for so long, even through all those different different disciplines and changes? <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> um, no. Uh, the love of the game. Mm-hmm. The love of the horse. The process. Um, the partnerships with the animals. Um, you know, I, I was obsessed with it as a kid, obsessed with it in my early adulthood, and I'm 40, and I'm still obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, I, you, you eat, sleep, and breathe it, and, you know, I'm always... There's a lot more lows than there are highs in the sport, yeah. um, and I think that's in a lot of walks of life, but... Um, you know, I said the process, the, 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 the process and the partnerships and the, and the friendships and, um, 
yeah you know the love of the game mm -hmm. really I always like to get into that too like you said there's a lot of the time more lows than highs in this sport so when you come across say you're you know at an event and you don't do as well as you would have necessarily liked to or you're just having kind of you're in a slump how do you keep yourself going like, what's your motivation uh, to be better yeah um, you know to you know it's a challenge um, to, to you know to identify the issue, mm -hmm. to acknowledge the issue, and to be aware of of what the problem is, and how do I, how can I fix that? And there's really no wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, try something. If it doesn't work, don't try that way again. <laughs> um, if it does, great. And um, so, and I think that's the pro one of the things that I, you know, I've taken in every aspect of my life is um, I'm going to do something. I want to do it well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I'm not going to put the time and effort in to do it well, I'm not going to start it. Right. Um, you know, I I do not have the gift to be able to clean things. If I clean <laughs> if I clean my car out, it looks dirtier after I'm finished than when I started. So I I've tried for years to learn how to to do that, and I've now just resigned to the fact that there is. Uh, there are people that can clean cars way better than I can, and um, you know, not not meaning that I don't clean the car out. I don't try, <laughs> but you know, I that's not. I'm not. I'm not willing to go to school and put the time in to become to be good at that. Right. Um, so, you know, I, uh, everyone has their thing that they're willing to put the time in. Yeah, for. and and I and when I put my mind to something, I put everything into it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very loyal to the passion mm -hmm. that it takes to do things and if I so that's what keeps me going is loyalty and yeah. and you finish what you start mm -hmm. if I start cleaning the car I'll finish it but <laughs> I'm not very good at it and I recognize that you should that. see my car right now I get it um so, and what about mentors throughout your career could you name a few I mean my biggest mentor would be Bobby Costello mm -hmm. um you know he uh everything I've done that I'm really proud of in my career, he has been a part of that. Um, I've ridden with him for you know, 20 years. Um, and so, you know, so he would be, you know, and he, I'm, you know, I'm close with him and his family. I'm very much, um, I, so he would be a huge mentor, you know, who I, who I really look up to and who I, I'll call and bounce ideas off of, right. and um, and you know one the biggest things that I've learned from him, you know, yeah, I've learned a lot from him. But the um, you know the 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 passion and the respect um, and the dedication to horsemanship. Mm -hmm. um, that those are my that's how I define my how I run my business is you know through the eyes of the horse and um, Bobby's been a huge uh, mentor and inspiration in that and and going from him Philip Dutton um, is a huge uh, you know was was a huge part of my 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 career starting my professional career he found me Antigua the horse that put me on the map. Um, and, you know, I was a working student for him, so 
my barn operates. I learned so much from at the time his head groom Colby Saddington, um, and um, Nat Barco Cox, who Nat is my barn manager, and um, so I, you know, I learned a lot from those girls through Phillips program. And then Karen and David O'Connor, mm-hmm. um, you know, they really were the ones that, you know, Karen O'Connor was the first clinic I ever did, eventing, first time I ever jumped a cross-country jump. Wow. Um, and, you know, they were my young rider coaches, and, um, you know, so, so those guys, and then, you know, Mark Phillips and I, I, you know, I was so young when I, I was 21 years old when I made the Pan Am team, and 22 mm-hmm. when I went to Athens, and... 24 when I went to the World Games in Aachen and I was this kid on a really good horse Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't really understand what a phenomenal chef to keep Mm -hmm. and and guide Mark Phillips was Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, so he 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 and his ex-wife Sandy Phillips would also be huge influences Um, Sandy's you know my basis of knowledge in the dressage as a mm-hmm. professional has really come from her. So those would be my, my top, yeah. who I, you know, look up to and still look up to. And you still work with a lot of them? You know, I haven't worked with Karen and David since David was the coach. Um, I work with Sandy, you know, I send her videos and mm-hmm. I work with her a couple times a year. I usually cry. Because she's so hard. <laughs> but um, I don't really care. We all need a coach like yeah. that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, Bobby is uh, Bobby is my, you know, he's been, he comes to all the, you know, I, I ride with him weekly. Yeah, you go to To this guy. day, yeah. yeah. And how do you feel when you come to events like this, international events, and like you said, Philip was one of your biggest mentors, and now you compete against him all the time. How does that feel? Um, I mean, it's a, it's an honor, really. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, in you know, I grew, you know, Will Coleman and I were both working students for Karen and David when we were in mm-hmm. our teens. Um, you know, I I've gotten to know Doug Payne more as we as we've gotten older. Um, you know, I'm good friends with. Boyd Martin and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of camaraderie within our demographic yeah. and it's it's really an inspiring and um, uh, um, yeah inspiring is a, a, a good word it's uh, it, it's you know experience is what you get right after you need it and those guys that have been around so long they are just a wealth of knowledge and experience yeah. and so it's so nice to have them to go to when we do run into a, a run into a fork in the road right and you know have you tried this have you tried that and so you know it's an honor and a privilege really and what about some of the most influential horses in your life i know you just mentioned antigua antigua Antigua, you know, he was the horse that made me, um, and, you know, I've said it in a thousand interviews after the World Games, uh, the late, great, wonderful Karen Stives, uh, told me, she said, don't expect your next horse to fill his shoes, and I've never forgotten that, it was just an offhanded comment at a birthday party, she didn't really even know me, 
and that has stuck with me mm-hmm. my entire career and I've taken that with every horse that I've had and I've learned something from every horse I've ever sat on and um, so you know it, I, I've had wonderful horses you know after Antigua's career came to an end you know I, I, it was a 2008 was a bit of a rough year I lost my grandmother then Antigua retired I mean he was 19 and uh, he had he had done had um, had an amazing career and it was the right time um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I lost my sister in November to cancer of 08 and so I was kind of stuck and you know and then Jennifer Mosing who has been my longtime supporter came came on and I've had many wonderful horses through through her um, sponsorship and friendship mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I if I could name all of them, I I would. But you know, the, <laughs> the top ones would be you know Antigua, Paulo, Andromac, um, DHI Color Candy was. Yeah, I never did a five star on him, but I learned a lot from him, mm-hmm. and um, it, you know, amazing fun is such a special horse to me. Um, you know, he was imported actually by Bobby and then Bobby's career was coming to an end and I took over the ride when he was just ready to move up to preliminary and so it's been really fun to be a part of his career from the ground up. Um, and you know, I learned something from that horse every time I get on him. He, you know, he always shows up to work. Um, Mama's Magic Way, um, is just one of the most talented and incredible horses, um, I've, I've ever ridden, um, and, uh, you know, his, his career is just really starting, he's 11 this year, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really excited, he reminds me a lot of Antigua oh. on the cross-country phase, um, uh, you know, he can be a bit, I, I'd like to describe him as a three-year-old little boy at Disney World on the sugar high <laughs> that got away from his parents. <laughs> so he takes every tool in my box sometimes, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm committed to the process and I, and I love it. And it's a, it, it's something that, you know, so, well, what, I, what we do, it's yeah. my job. I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, I gotta think in slow motion and do it. So. And what about some of your most favorable wins in your career? I mean, like you said, Athens, you you accomplished so much when you were young. You're still accomplishing so much. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't. Winning is is fantastic, and it's really fun to to win an event. Um, but really, when you say what are my favorite wins, I don't actually really remember the the wins as much as I remember the rides. Right. Um, one of my f- favorite cross country round one of my favorite competition well cross country rounds um Andromac at Samir in 2013 I mean she was just phenomenal and I, I finished fifth in the event there um uh um Mason at try on four long in 2020 after not having had a, a year and it was really only his yeah. third or fourth advanced and he just was you know amazing um 
Antigua at Burley in 07. It, it was in Badminton in 05. Um, so I, I've, I've had so many wonderful moments crossing the finish line, and that's right. been really fun. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's always fun to win. It's fun to win on home turf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've won this event a couple of times. Um, I've not won the four yet. <laughs> um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, so wins are always really special, and they're really fun. Um, but I can't, I, I wouldn't know what, what, I couldn't name a win um, that, you know, I can name moments of, that were, yeah. that remind me why I do it. <laughs> That's fair though, I mean, it, it really is all about the ride, yeah. and I mean, there's a certain feeling, whether you win or not, when you come off, whether it be a cross-country course, or like a show jumping round, or a hunter round, whatever discipline you're in, that yeah. you just know that you and your horse clicked yep. in that, yep. in that time, and yeah. it just feels like you're on top of the yeah. world. Yeah, and it's really fun to have those moments. Yeah. And if it comes with a win, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Cherry on top. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, what about um, when you are out on, you know, I guess it doesn't even have to be necessarily a huge course, any course, um, whether it's a new horse or just an environment that makes you nervous, how do you deal with nerves? Or even do you get nerves? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I work a lot with a sports psychologist. Mm. I speak with Abigail Lufkin uh, monthly. Um, and, you know, Karen O'Connor told me when I was a kid, you have to have butterflies, but they have to be flying in formation. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, I, that's another saying that, that I've never forgotten. Um, I love that. <laughs> and... Uh, one of my go-to things when I start, when the, my nerves start to overtake is I just, I just tell myself to think in slow motion so I can do my job. Mm-hmm. And um, if I have a particular thing where I'm nervous and it's not healthy nerves, I, I have a box that I keep all my, my gear in, my coats and my stuff, and mm-hmm. I have that that mental image of I just put those nerves in the box and shut the door when I get on and so they're here but they're not going with me so that's a a a real mental thing for me um and it's something that I you know we all well I mean I've struggled with it but um yeah I give my nerves to someone else when I get on and think in slow motion so I can do my job and do you think that's part of like a routine that you have or is that just kind of a case-to-case basis it's a case-to-case basis but um you know case to case basis but definitely a routine yeah (laughs) um going into your training a little bit um like you said you trained um a few horses up from you know when they were young ones and you've seen them come along so when you are training what is your philosophy uh I want my horse to understand it Mm. um I, I have to think about the psychology of the horse you know, if we turn them loose in a 20 by 60 arena, they're not going to go half pass across the diagonal. <laughs> so it's, you know, why? It's about so that they understand the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was teaching a lesson the other, a cross country lesson the other day, and this woman said that she, the horse has a real big trichaner issue. And so I 
made her walk around and she, and she said, well, I was told to never let him look in it. And I said, well, that's like me turning all the lights off and telling you to run down the stairs. Hmm. Like the horse has to see what it is that they're doing. I want them to. Mm-hmm. I want them to look, assess it, you know, acknowledge what it is mm-hmm. and then jump it. They're not going to, you can't, if they're jumping it out of fear, yeah. it's going to end in tears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so we walked around it and, and then I told her to trot it and she thought I was insane <laughs> and he stopped at it and I said, it's fine. I said, pat him, yeah. let him know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Now walk around behind it again, and turn right, trot it back the other way, stopped again, that's fine, turn left, trot him, pat him, you know, sit the trot. I said, lengthen his reins, she's holding him, lengthen his reins, he stops, and I said, just circle around again, I want you to lengthen your reins six inches. Mm-hmm. So she turns, and she's like coming to it, and she's made of that post from it, and I said, close your eyes, and she's sitting in the trot, and there's a loop in the rein, and the horse just popped right over it. Wow. And I said, he's got to see it and use his neck and use his body. They have to understand it. So that would be my philosophy is not go sideways, but look at what you can do going sideways. Interesting. I like that saying. You, you have a lot of good, good one-liners. <laughs> um, when you are teaching people, what do you think your teaching style is? Um, yeah, I use a lot of images. I'm a real image person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was teaching this girl a dressage lesson the other day, and it's this huge chestnut. It's got a real long back, and it, I said, he's got to lift his stomach up. Like, we always say they've got to come back to front and go over mm-hmm. their back, but they can't. If they've got to do this with their belly. Their and, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so I was telling them, you pose, every time you pose, you're bringing that inside hind leg with you, and every time you sit, you're bringing the outside, because that's when the hawk is coming forward. So think about that back to front. And then I couldn't figure it and I was like, I don't know why I'm thinking of basketball because I'm not a basketball person. <laughs> but I maybe it's because the horse is orange. But I said you've got to like dribble his his abs, like move your seat in rhythm with his hind leg, and so that he can move his back, so that he can lift his abs. And the minute I did that, and I was like, now imagine you're dribbling. You're just dribbling his back, and you want to dribble faster. And you're gonna go down to the ground and then go back up and make him move his back. Make him move his his body so the energy behind could come through, and it just it made sense to her, and it totally changed the horse. Wow. Um, so I would say I'm a, a real visual instructor. Mm-hmm. I um, if you know, so yeah, that, that's how I would. I'm a visual person too. It's so interesting to hear that uh, from you, and and I know a lot of people are, but uh, but it's. Like, I know for me as a rider, if you said that to me, it would be like the yeah. light bulb went on, you know? So that's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and when you are working with students, do you ever find that there's, like, one issue with a lot of different students that you need to work on more? Like, a certain type of jump or a certain movement that you really need to, like, help students nail down? Uh, letting their necks go. Mm-hmm. Lengthening their reins. Mm-hmm. The horse's balance comes from their head and neck. Mm-hmm. The horse is out in the in a field and they're running up a hill their head's going to be down Mm -hmm. when they're running down the hill their head's going to be up Mm -hmm. and we try to control so much and especially on the cross country but in all the phases if you don't like where their neck is move their body until their neck goes on the right way Mm -hmm. and I was teaching a girl yesterday and the horse gets really really wound up in the fair jumping and I've never helped her before she's here from Montana the horse has this, it's like a cobra neck. It just comes back at it and she's doing this. And I, I said, when you use the rein, 
you're just giving him a springboard. He's using mm-hmm. your hand as a springboard. It's like a little gymnast that runs down to the ball. Mm-hmm. Take the springboard away. Mm-hmm. He's got to use his neck. And that she didn't get that. And I, I said, okay. I said, you know those cartoons and the elephants are like walking and their bellies are going like this? And I said, move his rib cage left to right. Mm-hmm. The minute she did that, she could let go because his body was moving. Right. And I said, boxes withers around with your thighs. Like just move the saddle yeah. so, that you, so that he can use his head and neck. Then all of a sudden, when then when she waited, she waited with the whole horse, mm-hmm. right? And I said, now this one, don't use your hand to wait. Just suck your belly button to your spine. Use your stomach. She goes, oh my God, that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they have to have their head and necks. Yeah. I, um, I actually, I have a three-year-old right now, and that's something that I'm kind of going through with him. I have to consciously remind myself because um, he's probably going to end up being like a hunter, and there's that perfect hunter headset, yeah. you know? And yeah. I find myself always, I'm using too much hand, and I actually had a conversation with my mom the other day. And I was telling her how it finally clicked the other day with him that I was focusing too much on his head and, yeah. and not enough about getting his yeah. body and yeah. his rib cage moving. Yeah. And, and as soon as I softened my hands and asked him to move through the rest of his body, it was yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. And it, it just all came together. Move their body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for your lessons and when you're teaching, do you have any type of exercise that you like to use with all of your students or a lot of them? Uh, it all changes. Yeah. I mean, there's not really one. I, you know, I like to watch the horse go, you know, see their confirmation if I don't know the horse. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I usually start, you know, you got to think left leg to left rein, right leg to right rein. We always think inside to outside, but if you don't have an outside, they're just going to fall and mm-hmm. they have to come through to both reins. So it's like you, when you pick the reins up, it's like you should feel like you're pushing a wheelbarrow mm-hmm. and you don't push the wheelbarrow sitting in it. Pick it up, keep your position a fraction behind the motion, not against the motion, but be able to move their, them around this way, not this way. Right. So that's probably in all phases that I, I start with. Mm-hmm. So. And just wrapping up a couple more questions, pers- more personal questions, but um, and this one is always kind of... Uh, a lot of riders don't know how to answer this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why do you think that you are so successful as a rider? I don't think I am. I get that a lot. <laughs> um, uh, um, why do I think I've you know had a, a I'm very I'm really fortunate I've got a great I've, I've had really fantastic support um, and I'm dedicated to the process I'm dedicated to trying to be better every day mm-hmm. and so um, if I if I ever if I if I ever feel like I've accomplished it then I don't need to keep doing it um, because you can always learn and you're always learning yeah and um what do you think is the hardest part of this sport it is a hard sport um (laughs) i mean it could be any i mean mentally physically emotionally i mean physically it's very demanding on our bodies Mm -hmm. you know i'm 40 now i don't you know it takes me a minute to like get up and get going in the mornings um uh some people balance it really well I haven't had I haven't balanced a personal life versus my my work life Um, I think it is all about um, you know it's a it's all encompassing it's all um, it is our lives and I think that um, 
Yeah. It was funny. I, I love tennis, specifically women's tennis. I watch it a lot. Um, and one of my, I've got a handful of really favorite players, but one of them is Ash Barty from Australia. And she announced her retirement yesterday, and she's 25 years old. And like she, she won Wimbledon last year. She won uh, the Australian Open back in January. And um, she said a really interesting thing in there. And she said, my whole goal in my professional tennis life was to win Wimbledon and I did and that really changed my perspective on things and I'm 25 years old and I'm more than Ash Barty the athlete I'm also Ash Barty the person and I thought that's a really really I mean hats off to her Mm. because greed can take over Mm. and I want more and I want more and I want more and hats off to her you know I said at my sister's funeral (laughs) that um Audrey Hepburn said it best that a true woman knows when to bow out. No one will ever, a true woman won't fade out. They always know when to bow out. And I think, you know, I keep that, you know, that is also something that I, you know, I think about. I'm not ready to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I am, I, I, I will. Um, so I think that, but I think that's what's hard. One of the hardest things about the sport is, yes, it's a hard sport. It, it requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of financial backing. Mm. Um, it requires a lot of people, a team of yeah. people that can produce um, the result. And if you're doing it for results, you're not going to survive long, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I, you have to do it for the process. Mm-hmm. So that would be the hard, the hard thing. Yeah. And... One last thing, um, if you could go back in time to younger you, what would you tell him about your career path, this, doing this, um, any piece of advice you would give your younger self? Um, keep going. Mm. Uh, I wrote a paper during COVID or I don't remember, it was on a ventilation, but it was a letter to your younger self. Oh. And, um, uh, I think in that one of the things I ended it, I I ended the 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 letter. You know, all these dreams that you've had as a childhood are going to come true. And for me, they came true really early. But then, what do you do beyond that? And to keep going, and it's not easy. It's not hard. It, it's not easy. It's um, you know, you know, I struggled in my early twenties coming out of the closet, and that was that was a real difficult I mean growing up in West Texas it's you know it was a it was a that was a a really hard thing for me to accept it coming it took me until I was 30 years old to be able to tell my family and as I said in that letter you know give them time it took you 30 years to accept yourself and um you know tell you should always accept and never expect and treat every horse don't you know you'll I said you know don't expect your next one to fill his shoes something I heard from an icon um and every horse you get on you'll learn something enjoy them but keep going even when you think I can't go and I can't do this anymore Mm. keep going and use the word off more often (laughs) I might have to beep that one out (laughs) no no, but and I, I say that a little bit jokingly is you know to keep going and and to honor your values 
and to stick to mm-hmm. stick to the truth of what you believe in because mm-hmm. it's real easy to get pulled in a direction one way or the other and define your define your values mm-hmm. and stick by those and it took me a long time you know going back to the whole coming out of the closet and all that you know I had to I had to define my values and I would much rather be known for if I if I win whatever great but I would you know authenticity and and horsemanship is my priority and um looking looking at my career through the eyes looking at my job through the eyes of, of the horse mm-hmm. and that's my that's my goal is when it doesn't go well why and let's figure this out so. um this has been super excellent um <laughs> what what is uh next for you i know you mentioned kentucky you're hoping for that performance yeah so i go here i then go on to um the fork in a couple of weeks and then mm-hmm. fun is going to Kentucky and Mom of Magic Way is going to Ballantyne. Awesome. So that will be Good luck. Yeah, I'm so excited to see you run this weekend. Uh, hope, hopefully. Oh. Yeah, fingers crossed. You gotta put the butterflies in the box. I know. Exactly. Oh I will. I yeah. Will. I really appreciate you yeah. taking the time. Absolutely. Yeah, and good luck. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode with Will Faldre and a big thank you to the sponsor of this week's episode, by Mita. Learn more at bymedaus.com. You can subscribe to the Practical Horseman podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Also, tune into our new mini-sode series premiering this Sunday, April 3rd, called The Fod Pod. You'll hear audio lessons from our favorite Practical Horseman On Demand videos. At Practical Horseman On Demand, you can enjoy hundreds of how-to videos and get insider access to exclusive interviews and lectures, slow motion demonstrations, and step-by-step tutorials taught by top-level pros in the hunter, jumper, equitation, and eventing disciplines. When you tune into the FOD pod, listen closely for a promo code for 15% off your Practical Horseman on-demand subscription. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. I'm Julia Murphy, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman podcast.